the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 2 this Wednesday, we are, as we almost always are, joined on Wednesdays by Congressman David Schweikert, representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District. Easy for me to say. Representative Schweikert, Congressman, how are you, sir? I am fine. Um, No, I forgive all the noise. I'm actually walking back into the Cannon House office building because the Democrats have the schedule all so screwed up. We've been waiting for hours to vote, and apparently the um, Black Caucus is fighting with them, wanting something added in a rule, and they can't get it drafted or agreed. So all the Congress is shut down right now as they're all fighting with each other. This this will change in about a little more than a month, won't it? These kinds of these kinds of uh, no, fire no, drills. Yeah, look, we'll have our fight, but this one is just stupid. You know, they've had months and months to get ready for this, and then at the last moment, it all comes crashing down. It's, uh, you know, related, I guess, on the other side, over at the Senate, there it looks like I, I know they operate with different rules and different strictures, but uh, I see that the National Defense Authorization Act is being held up on yeah. on, on some on some what do they call it Christmas trees? That's exactly what we're talking about. So the House has this version um, too, and they've been trying to synchronize it, and now there's attempts to add um, certain civil rights legislation. Well, okay. I mean, you know, I've seen them try and add civil rights legislation. I've seen them trying to add marijuana legislation. Can, oh yeah, exactly. Can, can yeah. we just have a pure? Can we just have a pure defense authorization act? There's enough there to debate. I think. Well, I'm going to say, oh no, this bill is monstrous. I mean, it's just a couple thousand pages if you work on all the notes on it. Um, there's so few bills that are sort of the must pass. Yeah. That what you do is, um, particularly in a very tight Congress, yep. you know, you get your coalition comes along. So the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, shows up and says, "We're not going to vote for your rule yep. unless you give us this." And boom, now they don't have enough votes. Yeah, and it shuts down the process. And this is just the nature of what we're going to go through. Um, but. But, yeah, wouldn't it be really neat to have sort of a single subject? Like, yeah. hey, this is about protecting America. Yeah. It's not about, you know, legalizing marijuana. And there's enough to debate. I mean, you and I have talked about, you know, it's not really about funding defense. It's about smart funding of defense, right? Well, so the, which which creates its own debates. Oh, yeah. And there's an internal fight um, among many of us who a, a lot of folks judge the defense authorization bill by how much more are we going to spend? Right. And then there's those of us who judge it by, hey, how good are we at blowing things up, killing people? Let me, sorry, it's lethality. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out technology, when properly adopted and used and, and, and designed, can make our military much more agile, much more lethal. But that doesn't necessarily 
necessarily get you the ability to bring home the bacon to your home district. You know, this story comes up every once in a while, David, as long as we're speaking, if I may, as long as we're speaking about national defense. It comes up every once in a while about, um, well, two things. One is the latest out of USA Today, 71% of young people are ineligible for the military, you know, based on health, based on weight, based on those kinds of things. And, and the other— saw we're lowering some of the standards already. So we lower the standards, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the second headline, Navy lowering admission standards. So if you can't meet them, you lower them, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of gets me to a pet issue of yours, which is the issue of health care and diabetes. You've been on a tear lately trying to get this message out. We could do so much for society by just working on that one issue, right? Try to help folks understand, we're going to pile on a stunning, stunning amount of debt over the next 30 years. So if you're planning on retiring and think you're going to get all your benefits, I need to fix growth. I need to fix the cost of health care so we keep our commitment. My little boy that we're you know, in the process of adopting, uh, when he turns 25, his tax rate will be double yeah. what you and I pay. And that's already baked in the cake. That's done. That's just to maintain baseline services. And that's still with like 140% debt to GDP. Uh-huh. And it's because we got old. Yeah. We have promises. We're going to promise to keep Medicare. We're going to promise to provide Social Security. And, there's, and the cost of these things are exploding. You know, Social Security runs out of money in the trust fund in like 10 years. And everyone takes like a 25% cut. Or are we going to let that happen? Or are we going to just start reaching into general funds? But it's healthcare costs. And it turns out in Medicare, not Medicaid, Medicare, 31% of our Medicare spending, so this is for 65 and up, is diabetes related. About a third of our Medicare spending is diabetes related, okay? Related. Yeah. So what would happen if you actually had a cure? No, no, I accept that it, it, it drives people nuts saying, well, there's only been six people cured of type 1. It's much more difficult. It is really difficult. And you'd have to change how people eat. And you'd have to change society's willingness to, you know, um, deal with obesity and all these other things. It's really hard. But it would be the single most powerful thing you could do, I think, from a moral standpoint of, of curing the misery our brothers and sisters have out there because apparently the technology will work with type 2. And it's the single biggest thing you can do for U.S. debt. Well, because Medicare is 75% of all the future debt. So we're going to add $114 trillion of borrowing and today's dollars in the next 30 years. And 75% of that is just a shortfall in Medicare. And I know these are things that drive people. They don't want to hear it. And you get the... And forgive me, I'm going to be really mean for a second. And I know I just I, I'm going to get mean in a second, not with you. I, but we're going to. If you think you're going to say something unpopular, just wait till <laughs> wait till I have my rebuttal. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, um, and, and I'll get. I'll be in front of meetings, and I'll get someone who'll raise their hand and say, "Well, just get rid of foreign aid." Okay, foreign aid, thirty-eight billion. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Okay, that's functionally nine to maybe ten, maybe even eleven days of borrowing. Yeah. 
So, so it's a week and a half of borrowing. Yeah. What would you like to do with the rest of the year of borrowing? Yeah. And they just stare at you like, no, no, I was told foreign aid is all. No, no. And, and then you have the Democrats. Well, just tax rich people. You could take every dime of every billionaire in the country, um, you know, take every dime from them. Yeah. And you run the country for about seven and a half months. And that's assuming you didn't crash the price of yachts. That yeah. You can still sell them. Yeah. And, and then it's gone. Yeah. There's this. There's too many people that live in this fantasy world. And Duke Gingrich, oddly enough, was on television talking about this last night about uh, the Georgia election. Republicans got to stop living in a fantasy world and start dealing with the math that's in front of them. That's both electoralist and also the debt. All right, let's on that on that debt thing and on your diabetes thing. This is if you think you're unpopular, I'm going to be unpopular for a minute here. Uh, I was looking at a chart today. And I'm looking at the stunning rise of obesity in America. In 1960, 10% of men were obese. Today, it's over 35%. In 1960, about 15% of women were obese. Today, it's over 40%. We have got to deal with this issue. And the crazy thing, we apparently have areas in the country that obesity went up dramatically during COVID. So, so, so this shutting the government down, shutting society down, shutting the communities down, shutting our businesses down, keeping people home, we're going to be paying a price society-wise. And this is more than just the horrible thing we did to our kids in education. Yep. Turns out we have parts of the country that got dramatically fatter. Yep. Dramatically less healthy. Yep. And what's it going to cost society? Because, and, and I'll you know, say, well, let them pay for it. Well, look. Today, about 57% of all healthcare, almost it's approaching 70% of all healthcare comes through government. Yep. Because it's a VA, it's the health services, it's your Medicare, it's Medicaid. Now, if you want to wipe out those programs, oh, God bless you, go try to get the vote. It's never going to happen. So we have to deal with the reality that's in front of us. And for that, we need a revolution. And there's a moral way to do this. Why don't we pick up on that uh, next week if you got to run? I'm running into a commercial. Unless you want to stay, if you have time, I, I don't. You tell me. I'll I'll be driven by you on. No, that. no, I have time because all right, I, we're still frozen here. The Democrats can't put their action together. Okay, but yeah. Well, let's pick up on some of this when we come back. If you can uh, stay with me through the commercial break and on the other side of this, that would be great. David Schweikert is our guest. He is our congressman representing Arizona's sixth congressional district. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. David Schweikert, our congressman representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District, is our guest. And, and now becoming District 1. It is now going to be District 1. Okay, good. Is that is is, 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 is that is that a promotion? Is that a promotion? Yeah, it's, look, um, it, the District 1 actually has some, it, it's freaky smart. I mean, the reality of it, we were looking at some of the data uh, even before the election, and it's one of the best educated districts in America. Is so. that right? Is oh, that yeah. Right? It's your neighborhood. <laughs> well, that's why I have such a challenge with <laughs> with my radio show, David. Um, David, all right, so some tough choices. We were talking about the diabetes thing. I'm talking a little bit about the obesity part of it, which I think goes to, obviously, uh, type 2 diabetes. Uh, it also, I think, has a big problem on our military. It's a big problem for our military recruitment. I think when we're looking at COVID fatalities, there's no question anymore that obesity played a, uh, not to be cute, but an oversized role in that as well, a massively oversized role. It's, it's, it's something that we need to break the taboo on talking about, 
but it's also kind of a problem with a lot of varied interests in D.C., isn't it? Yeah, look, um, and, and look we live in the time of miracles. Um, there's some amazing things. We're going to cure diseases that, that a plague does, you know, you know, forever. And really good things are happening there. But the single most expensive one in our society right now, and the world, it looks like it's becoming where the world is diabetes, and particularly type 2. Um, and I, I'm just constantly shocked at the blowback you get when you try to have the conversation of, this is hard. Mm-hmm. It's big. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. And guess what? It's freakishly expensive, and it's the primary driver of debt in your country, which is hard to believe, but it is. Mm. It's a third of your health care costs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I, I have people I know who've had parts of their feet cut off yeah. or who are going blind. Yeah. And, and so the, there's the moral aspect. But the, as soon as you talk about this, you say, well, we should change the, we're going to have to change the farm bill to make it easier to eat healthy, to, to not use the EBT card to run over and buy onion rings. I love onion rings, but you're not allowed to eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hate you get, how dare you tell me what I can do with the government money you're giving me. Um, but if you're going to live in a country where you've asked taxpayers and, and your neighbor to pay for much of most of the health care in the country, should we as a society start to say, we want people to be healthy, we want them to live well, we've got to stop financing crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and involves so, a lot of interests in D.C., the financing oh, it, of crazy, it, it, doesn't remember, it? Remember, Washington is all about the money. Mm-hmm. So you get, look, we have people here who are in the hallways right now lobbying against telehealth. Right. You shouldn't be allowed to talk to your doctor on your phone. Why? Well, because they don't walk in the door of my building or whatever it is. It's understanding we have lots of noise around this. Mm-hmm. I mean, knowing what the federal government, the FBI did with Twitter and suppressing information, this is all really important. And it's the fight for free speech in our, in our republic. But we're also got to take on the really big, the really complex, the multi-generational issues. Because what I'm talking about will take us years to put together and make work, and there will be an army of lobbyists out there to try to stop it because it threatens their money. You know, that's one side of it. And I I don't know. Sometimes I just feel I'm a voice in the wilderness on so many of our problems, uh, including the fentanyl one as well, but or all drug uh, illegal and dangerous drug problems as well. But it doesn't seem to me that we couldn't—I mean, it seems to me— we could, you know, work on that aspect of the D.C. Gucci Gulch situation on the one hand, while we put out some prevention messaging on the other and some cultural messaging on the other that wouldn't be that expensive in the age of social media. You know, prevention messaging turns out really does work. Just ask Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Ask, ask, well, ask forest fires. Ask, I mean, it really does work I when actually, it's done. Cigarettes. Yeah, cigarettes. We reduce cigarette smoking by 50 percent. Fifty percent in oh, this country. More, I think it's more than that even. Okay. Okay. Um, and it, look, you can have societal changes, but it, I'm actually looking for the big payoff, and, and and the payoff is for crushing the growth of debt, so my little boy and my little girl have a future. That actually, my retirement will actually be secure, 
Um, and for everyone listening, you've got to understand, we as a government have to double taxes over the next 25 years just to be able to hold baseline services. That means your, your baseline Medicare, your baseline Social Security. And it's baked in the cake, and it's demographic. We have so many millions of people who are baby boomers who become 65 who are moving into their future costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you want to just pretend these numbers aren't real, um, you know, then we're just screwed. And so it's so much easier being in Washington and talking about the pop culture, the shiny object of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But doing the things that take on lots of vested interests, that's, and, and then look, they've, they've spent, you know, how much money over the years trying to take me out as an elected official. And they don't tell you what well, the real reason they're doing it is because he's pushing telehealth and we don't like that. Yeah. Right. Or he's, he's trying to, you know, um, do this or that. Um, and, and the sick thing is the Democrats I often have to deal with, they will come and talk to me privately about how weird they are about Social Security running out of money. Mm-hmm. And then their DCCC will run ads attacking people who are trying to fix it. You, um, you had mentioned earlier in the previous segment, David, you know, the, part, the Department of Justice and the kind of corruption that we've, we've been seeing, the political corruption at the Department of Justice. Uh, do you envision um, some, some sunlight being, some disinfectant uh, oh, yeah. being shed on this? As long as we don't screw ourselves up um, by taking the majority in the House, sitting the Speaker, getting our act together, and we can start the investigation. Um, I had a meeting earlier today, like, you know, the Democrats getting to look at your tax returns. You, you saw what just happened yep. with President Trump and those things. Right. Do you know we can't, that continues until we have a speaker who appoints a chairman to ways and means. Uh-huh. Until that moment, until we have a speaker who wins, Nancy Pelosi is still speaker. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Democrats still control the committee. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does it, it, are we walking into a fight where it's going to take us a week, two weeks, to finally get a speaker? And we're going to give that extra time to the Democrats? I mean, we have this world here where much of the stupidity we're doing to ourselves. Nah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. All right. Go be smart. Go do smart things. I got to take a commercial break. I love our Wednesday visits, David. Right. Thank you so much, sir. Take care. All right, be good. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Jeff in uh, North Phoenix. Thank you for your patience, Jeff. Appreciate it. Welcome. Hey, thank you, uh, Seth. I just had a quick question, you know. Um, I was thinking about that um, the filibuster, that Kirsten Cinema was the only one who actually prevented the Democrats from running through a bunch of legislation by, you know, overriding the filibuster on that legislation. But with this Warnock thing, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Is that, that, that given control of the Senate and the ability to override the filibuster? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I, 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 it'll be interesting to see now with a clear majority, 51 to uh, 49, with a clear majority, how much you're going to hear about Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema anymore. Uh probably more cinema than Manchin because I 
think she has a more a, a bit more of an independent streak than he does. I think she's, in other words, less little less predictable uh, than he is. But uh, a lot of things are going to change now. Um, committee memberships are going to change. Uh, committee constitutions are going to change in the sense that instead of power sharing, which is what the 50-50 Senate had with equal representation on the committees between R's and D's, that now changes in favor of the Democrats. So, I, you know, I think all of this is um, all, all of this is really bad news. I, I mean, I think all of this is, is going to be really uncomfortable. Now, the only... The only real important thing to keep in mind, if you want to sleep a little better at night, is most things that have to go through the Senate, most also have to be approved by the House. And if we can keep our majority uh, together and intact, maybe we can build on it and maybe we can, you know, lick our wounds from uh, from this past election cycle and, and, and regroup for, for, for two years hence. And, you know, if the Democrats try to overplay their hand— you know, who knows what can happen. But, you know, when I say that sentence, I say it with an asterisk based on, you know, one of the previous callers today, which was, you know, how much worse do things have to be before people wake up and see that all these things are resultant of democratic policies, democratic majorities, democratic run states, cities and and uh, and Capitol Hill. So, you know, I have to just say I'm I'm a little I'm a little perplexed about the mind of the American electorate right now. I'm a little bit perplexed as to how you can have 200,000 people a month ago vote for Herschel Walker that didn't show up yesterday. I'm, I'm perplexed by this stuff. I, I, it, it goes back to the debate, Jeff. I'd love your view on it as to, you know, are we still a center-right country or not? I, I, I just don't know. Some would say, well, look how divided Washington is. It's... It's pretty much down the middle. Uh, look at, you know, the Senate isn't 55-45. It's 51-49. That's something. Um, the House, we have a small majority on. I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll just tell you, you know, it makes, it makes little sense to me that we can continue to elect people like Fetterman and Raphael Warnock to these offices. Little sense to me. Um, little sense to me that Gavin Newsom gets uh, reelected after a recall effort over and against Larry Elder. It makes, it makes little sense to me. People seem to like yeah, this misery that we're in, nostalgia de la boue. I totally, totally agree with you. Larry Elder, a huge fan is, but um, yeah, contributed to his campaign. I totally agree with you. I don't understand. It seems like they haven't hit rock bottom yet. You know, and like you, I live in Arizona, and I think the state is kind of becoming California. You know, we're becoming East L.A., and it's, it's a little troubling. It, little, it's going to be it's it's going to it's going to be an uh, an awfully awfully difficult four years with Katie Hobbs. It's going to be awfully difficult. Um, yeah, and absolutely. you know, again, our state legislature just you know it's Republican, but 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 by 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 a strand of dental floss, is it Republican? And um, there are some there are some again lights that can't. Or, let me get my metaphors right. There are some things you can sleep a little better at night with. The win that we had with the district attorney race, or our county attorney race, Rachel Rachel Mitchell. That that's that's that is not a small victory. That's a huge victory because that really is the tip of the spear on these issues of whether we become Los Angeles or not, whether we become Seattle or San Francisco or not. That really is getting, there. 
But I look at, you know, the homeless plan that Katie Hobbs has, and I just don't think we're going to make any progress on it whatsoever. Let, Let me take a commercial break. You've been patient. If you have more, you're welcome to stay, and I'll come back to you on the other side. Uh, totally your call, Jeff. Um, and there's room for more. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're concerned with stock market volatility, why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market. A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound up, whatever you choose, and no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10.25%. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34, 888-Y-REFI-34. They're based here locally. You can meet with them. Uh, They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just uh, tell you about what they do um, because they're good people doing really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that, too. They leave the uh, sales pitch up to Larry Elder and myself. Joe Biden was uh, in Arizona yesterday. He didn't visit the border. He... um, he said it's uh, there were more important things. He has never been to the border, uh, never. Uh, Karan Jean Pierre lies about that continually, uh, just as uh, Kamala Harris has lied about it. And uh, while um, while the Democrats in Washington held a, a memorial service with all the publicity they could muster for uh, the Capitol Police. Um, Will they hold a memorial service for the Customs and Border Patrol agent who was killed today in an ATV uh, in Texas, in Mission, Texas, um, chasing down a group of people who had crossed the border illegally? Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agent died today. But to Joe Biden, there are more important things than the border which is flooding us with illegal immigration problems. It is flooding us with expense. It is stressing our Border Patrol. They don't have enough personnel. They don't have enough material. It is uh, pushing crime, and it is pushing sex trafficking, child trafficking. It is pushing drugs. What could be more important than any one of those issues, never mind the colligation of all of them. What could be more important? Okay, a chip factory, we're good. We're happy about that. That's good. And uh, it'll support Taiwan. That's good. But is it more important than every item I just mentioned? Items, by the way, issues, by the way, that liberals used to kind of care about. Sex trafficking, child trafficking. I guess they've thrown in the towel on crime, and I guess they've thrown in the, tr- the towel on illegal and dangerous drug use. I guess they've thrown in the towel on those things. I don't know why precisely they have. 
except that it will make them confront some of their policies. That's probably the reason why Joe Biden and Kamala Harris do not want to go to see the border. This was the genius of Abbott and um, Abbott and DeSantis flying illegals into liberal precincts like Martha's Vineyard. It made the entire country confront the problem. Boy, funny how quickly that issue just came and went, though, didn't it? Isn't it? Funny how that just came and went. I would like to. Um, I would like to see more of it. I would like to see more of it. I would like to see more liberal lefties telling us that their sanctuary city policies are important and sacrosanct up until the point that illegal aliens actually become their problem. It's not really the hypocrisy. It's the nullification. That's what a sanctuary city is, after all. It's nullification, which the Democrats did a bad enough job against this country with in the 19th century. You have federal law, and they don't want to enforce it. You have localities saying, we disagree with the federal law, so we're not going to enforce it. The other word for that could be anarchy. But that's what our border is right now, anarchy. And uh, I suppose... I suppose it's convenient for Washington Democrats to continue to thumb their nose at border states so long as they were in Republican hands. I wonder if that'll be the same with Katie Hobbs as governor. I wonder if the uh, callousness that Washington has shown to the border problem will ease up because it's more politically expedient with a Democrat governor than a Republican governor? I wonder. It's an open question. But as I was saying to Jeff, you know, I don't know that it's quite sunken in fully how tough the next four years are going to be with her as governor. Any more than, I mean, it's going to sink in rather quick how how tough the next several years are going to be with the uh, with the Senate in a majority control of the Democrats. You know, we've had call after call after call speculating as to what we need to do differently. There's a lot we need to do differently. How we vote, how we handle the election process, who we recruit. There's a lot we need to do. These are there's an interesting uh, debate going on at the RNC right now. I guess it's a campaign that's going to be about a month long or so as to the new chairmanship of the RNC. Will it be Ronna McDaniel, who's been the chair for the last several years, or will it be Harmeet Dillon? Is there one other person in the offing that I'm not thinking about? I think Mike Lindell threw his hat in, but I think that's a, I think that's a distant, um, distant chance just I, I, based on the way the RNC works. So I think it's really a Ronna McDaniel, Harmeet Dillon fight. Um, The argument is that Ronald McDaniel has presided over three campaigns of loss in a row. Uh, The argument for her is that you can't just lose the experience and have someone come in right away. I don't like that argument at all. I hate that argument. It's not democratic, and I think Harmeet Dillon is far more skilled and far smarter. Ronald McDaniel, and I think she'll listen 
to a much more diverse array of voices, and I think she understands the lawfare problem the Democrats foist upon us, as well as a lot of other recruiting problems. What did she say the other day, Harmeet? I loved it. Uh, 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 yeah, she said, she said if she becomes the RNC chair, she'll, uh, she'll put the persistence in charge of, uh, in charge of grassroots organizing. I think, I think that's a fantastic, Scott Pressler, I think that's a fanta- fantastic idea, even if, it's, even if it's not realistic. Even if it's not realistic to give him that job, that's the right attitude. That's the right thinking. People like Scott Pressler. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We're coming in with some Randy Travis music for those who can't hear on the podcast. Um, boy, you just think of these voices that were stilled by by illness. I guess he's um, he he can't sing anymore uh, due to uh, was it? I, I'm trying to remember if it was Parkinson's or a stroke. I, I'm just not sure. That has pretty much left him unable to do so. But if you want to see something beautiful, um, you can find it uh, online on Twitter. There was, uh, I guess, there's a tribute, uh, a, a tribute uh, show to Neil Diamond taking place in uh, in New York City right now on Broadway, and uh, he can't sing anymore much uh, due to Parkinson's. He stopped uh, performing a few years back now, I guess it is, and he went. I think it was the opening night, uh, just uh, two nights ago, to this show. Um, a Broadway show, you know, a tr- tribute uh, tribute show to his music, and uh, at one point uh, at the opening, uh, he did stand up and he did lead the audience in "Sweet Caroline." It's it's one of the most beautiful things. Um, it's one of the most beautiful things you can see. It's so touching. He did a very 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 good job uh, for someone who theoretically can't really perform much anymore. Uh, in any event, uh, you look at these kinds of that kind of thing where Neil Diamond, who has been mostly stilled from singing, leading a Broadway audience in uh, one of his signature songs like that, you can't you can't help but also be moved by the notion of how important such gatherings are and how important seeing and understanding emotion are. And I just think it's worth a little bit of reflection while places like Los Angeles and uh, New York are debating going back to masking kids and reinvigorating the notion that masks don't affect and that emotions, uh, emotional learning uh, from reading faces and hearing unaltered voices and all that don't matter. I mean, it's, it's, it's just night and day. And the idea that we stopped that for three years, or at least two and a half years, the idea that we stopped that and we now have to face headlines like we face at the Washington uh, Post. Crisis in student mental health is much faster than we realize. CDC found nearly 45% of high school students are so persistently sad or hopeless last year they were unable to engage in regular activities. Almost one in five seriously considered suicide, 20%. 9% of the teenagers surveyed by the CDC tried to take their lives during the previous 12 months. Wow. I mean, you know, they want amnesty for this nonsense, and they also want to double down on it all over again. We can, um, we can recreate madness here, or we can grow up and be smart and instantiate common sense, which I worry is just really far outside the mainstream right now. 
Anyway, don't go away. Really, uh, hopefully, interesting interview coming up with uh, Wilford Riley. Be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.